You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, Carol, thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening in to this very first episode of You Were Made for This. Today I want to share six benefits that you can expect over time by being a regular listener. So let's get started. Number one, the podcast is based on the premise that we are all made for relationships. Relationship is the this that you were made for. Since we are all made for relationships, it just makes sense to become as skilled as we can in this important area of our lives so that we can reap all the benefits that relationships have to offer. There's really not much that is more important in our lives than our relationships. They can make our life rich and fulfilling, but they can also suck the very life right out of us. Relationships take work. It's often two steps forward and one step backwards. But we're here to help you increase the number of the two-step-forward moments and at the same time help reduce all those one-step-backwards occasions. So that's number one. Number two, you're going to like our format. You'll learn about relationship skills and principles through stories. We're really big on stories here at You Were Made For This. You will hear real-life relationship stories from our guests that illustrate best practices we can put into action into our own relationships. Stories speak to our minds and touch our hearts in ways that tips, hacks, strategies, and techniques cannot. You'll hear lots of stories with a purpose on this show. In fact, I've got one at the very end I want, I want to share with you. Besides interview guests, you'll also learn about other relationship resources you may want to look into. Resources like movies, books, blog posts, and websites. And when I'm in a good mood, even music, like Marcel Marceau singing my favorite Broadway show tunes about relationships. And finally, at the end of each program, I'll be sharing a favorite relationship quote of mine, often with a brief commentary about it. So that's our format. I think you're going to love it. So, on to benefit number three. In talking about our podcast, you'll notice that we use the word we far more often than the word I. That's because we are a community, a virtual community. You are made for a community of relationships. The we includes you, the listener, our interview guests, and me. We're all in this together because we need each other in community to learn from one another and encourage each other. This is an interactive podcast where listeners write in or call in, ask questions, and offer support to each other. It's something you can be a part of as we experience an important relational truth. And that relational truth is that when we bring out the best in each other, we really bring out the best in ourselves. We're going to be talking more about that in future episodes, but it is one of the goals of our podcast is that we really do bring out the best in each other because then we will find our relationships a whole lot more fulfilling. I remember this concept uh, came up not too long ago, actually it was quite, quite a long time ago, with my daughter when she was uh, dating, first in high school, then in college. And she dated some really, really good guys. Uh, they were you know, fine young men, 
But I noticed that they really didn't bring out the best in her until the last one, the one that she ended up marrying. And they've been bringing out the best in each other for quite a long time. That's really a good criteria to think about in terms of uh, not just future spouses, but even our friends, even the friends of our toddlers, even the friends of our grade school kids. Do they really bring out the best in each other? Benefit number four to listening to this podcast is that you're going to love one of our key principles of the show, namely that we are firm believers that the secret sauce of better relationships is doing less, not more. Less talking, making fewer judgments of people, avoiding assumptions, getting rid of all the things that get in the way of life-giving relationships. When we get rid of interpersonal clutter and relational noise, It frees us up to expend our energies on that which truly makes a difference and a positive impact in our relationships. It's not about doing more. It's not about adding more and more things to our already overloaded plates. It's really about doing less of the things that harm our relationships, doing less of things that get in the way. Because when we get rid of the things that are getting in the way, it truly frees us up to do the important things. It gives us the energy, it gives us the wherewithal to do the things that matter most in our relationships. Benefit number five to listening to You Were Made for This has to do with listening. Because we highly value the power of listening in strengthening relationships, you will learn to listen to people better when you listen to this podcast. You'll be hearing a lot about listening and how to do it well. Listening is a skill and state of mind and a state of heart, both of which can be developed. If you want to become a better listener, stick around and we'll show you how. Benefit number six to listening to this podcast is that you'll learn ways to improve your emotional and physical health. Almost all non-organic problems are relationship problems. Addictions are rooted in relationship problems. So are anger and stress. And while depression and anxiety may have a physical component to them, they just as often have a strong relational element to them. Good relationships make for good emotional health. Relationships are also good for your physical health. There's an interesting article I came across on this topic in the July 19, 2018 Wall Street Journal. The article is entitled, People Who Don't Need People. Interesting title, isn't it? It uh, had to do with a study by Cigna Health Insurance that uh, found that loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Imagine that. Let me repeat that. Loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I I find that fascinating, and and, uh, I'd like to read part of that article to you, just a couple of sentences. Uh, Carol, could you hand me the hand me the Wall Street Journal over there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're working on the crossword puzzle, but uh, I, I promise to give it back to you when I'm done. Uh, let me find the, the article here. Uh, oh, here it is. I'll just read a few sentences. Uh, the article by Cigna Life Insurance said that uh, lack of engagement affects brain health. The more social connections you have, the less severe the memory declines, says Elizabeth Kirby, a neuroscientist who teaches at Ohio State University. Dr. Kirby used aging mice to explore whether those who lived in groups performed better on memory tests than those living in pairs. 
I got to stop here for a second. How how did she know who the aging mice were? Uh, could she pick them out by those that were just sitting around talking about whether it's better to uh, retire in Texas or is it better to retire in Arizona and they were squabbling with each other? I mean, that's, that'd be one way to tell who the aging mice were. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, the, the article goes on to say that the mice from groups uh, outscored uh, the pairs of mice and they also had less inflammation in the memory part of their brain, according to her study released this year. She suspects that being with a group requires more social interactions, keeping the brain sharp. Well, that makes sense. In the same article, there was another uh, expert quoted, Dr. Laura Karstensen, director of Stanford University's Center on Longevity. And she is quoted as saying, quote, uh, she is concerned about what is lost if baby boomers withdraw from meaningful engagement. As a generation, they provide much good, volunteering, mentoring, helping kids read, especially since they are healthier and more educated than previous generations. The article concludes with this quote from Dr. Karstensen. To the extent that we keep to ourselves, that is not going to be good for our communities, she says. We need all hands on deck. We come now to reason number seven to listen to this podcast. I know in the beginning I said there were six reasons, six benefits to listening to this podcast, but I've always been terrible with math. In, in fact, I wrote a book about it a while back. It's called There Are Three Kinds of People in This World. And the subtitle is uh, Those Who Love Math and Understand It and Those Who Don't. Anyway, here is benefit number seven to listen to this podcast. Not only will you learn more about relationships with people, but you'll also learn more about other non-interpersonal relationships, such as relationships with the world around us, with organizations, with groups, with our jobs, with our stuff, with ourselves, with our culture, and many more relationships, even our relationship with God on occasion. You name it, and there's a relationship buried there somewhere. We'll show you how to discover that relationship and how to find joy in it. I'm intrigued, for example, by this whole movement to declutter. So many books are written about that. So many books about our relationship with our material possessions and why for some people it's just really hard to get rid of things. Those things that are so hard to get rid of symbolize oftentimes a relationship totally unrelated to the actual object. Another example of this is the relationship we sometimes have with our pets. One of my favorite TV shows, which is no longer on the air, was The Dog Whisperer with Caesar Milan. And every episode was pretty much the same. Someone would have a problem with their dog who was misbehaving, and Caesar Milan would come in, and his solution was always the same. Two things you had to do. Walk your dog frequently, and secondly, exercise authority over the dog by letting the dog know that you as the human are in control of that relationship. I recall one episode in particular that was quite sad. It was a story of a man who had an uncontrollable dog, a divorced man, and Caesar Milan came to his house, uh, assessed the situation, and basically asked the man, why is it so hard for you to discipline your dog, to exercise control in that relationship? And the man kind of hemmed and hawed and thought for a moment, and he said, you know, 
The dog reminds me of my daughter, the daughter I only get to see every couple of weeks. And I don't want to spend my time disciplining this dog because it, it does remind me so much of my daughter and I get to see her so little. I really don't want to spend my time as being the bad guy, the disciplinarian. So I guess that's why my dog is out of control, because of my relationship with my daughter. Wow, how sad. But it illustrates a principle we talked about early on, that most problems that are not physical in nature are rooted in a relationship. Here his problem with his dog is actually rooted in his relationship with his daughter. How interesting. Well, there you have it, the seven benefits to listening to You Were Made for This. And let me go over them real quickly. The first reason to listen to the podcast is that you will improve your relationship skills. Benefit number two is that you're going to love our format. We're really big on stories that teach us relationship principles, and there will be many of them. In fact, I have a really interesting one at the end of this show. Number three, you'll become part of a virtual community to encourage you in your relationships. Benefit number four to listening to You Were Made for This is that you'll learn how to get more out of your relationships by doing less, not doing more. Number five, you'll become a better listener. Number six, your emotional and physical health will be enhanced. And number seven, you'll discover how to improve your relationships that go beyond people, your relationships with organizations, with your job, with yourself, with your stuff, and even occasionally with God. All of this leads to the big idea or one takeaway from today's program, and that is, our relationships are so important to living a fulfilling life that we serve ourselves well when we spend time and energy making those relationships as good as they can be. So, how about you? How can you respond to today's show? I would encourage you to, sometime this week, see what you can do to make your relationships with one person just a little better. Not a whole lot better, just a little better. It can be as simple as doing something to bring out the best in one other person and then to see how it brings out the best in you. I'd really be interested to hear about how that works for you. So feel free to send me an email if you like explaining what happened. I may share it in a future episode. My email address is john at caringforothers.org. Before we end with our quote of the week, I want to give you a heads up as to what we will be doing next week. Next week, we'll be looking at a rarely considered family relationship that took me by surprise recently. I found it very encouraging, and I think you will too when you listen in next time. And now for our quote of the week. Are you ready for this, Carol? Here goes. We're all just walking each other home. Comes to us from Ram Das. What do you think of that, Carol? We're all just walking each other home. Hmm. Carol says she likes it, um, but there's something about it that bothers her too. And, and what is that, Carol? Huh. Carol says that, that that really paints a really nice picture, but is it really true? You know, there's a lot of us who are so self-centered that we're just not interested in walking each other home. We're certainly interested in other people walking us home, but as far as us walking others home, eh, not so much. But I do think it paints a lovely picture. 
I think it would be great to live in a town where people are walking each other home, where we're caring for each other, looking out for the best interests of the other person, and doing it mutually. I'd certainly love to live in a town where we are all just walking each other home. But if people aren't walking me home, at least I can walk others home. I may not have control over what others do in their relationship with me, but I certainly have control over what I can do and how I relate to other people. This quote reminds me of a very vivid memory I have when I was 15 years old. It has to do with my dad and something that I saw in him that changed how I viewed him from that point forward. We had a very distant relationship. I wrote a little bit about my relationship with my father in a book I authored in 2016 entitled Them, The Richer Life Found in Caring for Others. And I'd like to read just a couple of paragraphs from that book because it illustrates the quote of the week that we are all just walking each other home. Of all the memories of my dad, the one that sticks out the most is the day Bozo died. I cringe now even using his name, but that is what we all affectionately called Mark, a neighbor boy who lived across the street. To refer to him now as Mark seems disrespectful. We all love Bozo. Our neighborhood had lots of kids who hung around together, and we all got along well with each other. He was an integral part of our community, a community torn apart that evening Bozo was killed. It was a few days after school started in September, and my brother and I had just gone downstairs to do our homework in our basement bedroom, our boy cave. Suddenly we heard unexpected footsteps coming down the stairs. It was our mother. Visibly shaken, she sat on one of our beds. I have some very bad news to tell you, she said. There was a long pause as she started to choke up and then composed herself and continued. Bozo was riding his bike home from a park late this afternoon and was hit by a car and he died. He died? Bozo is dead? How can that be? We just saw him yesterday. How could he possibly be dead? That just can't be. Quietly sobbing, my mother went back upstairs. Shortly thereafter, my brother Joe and I followed upstairs. I remembered all of us wandering around in disbelief, like disoriented ants, not knowing what to think and feeling quite shocked. When dusk settling in, I looked out a window and saw something I will never forget. There was Bozo's father, walking down the middle of the street of our quiet, sleepy neighborhood, with my dad beside him, arm over his shoulder. My dad was no grief counselor. He had no training in this area. He was a factory worker. But he was a good neighbor, and he cared for his friend. When I hear the expression, quote, walking with someone through difficult times, unquote, I think of this image of my dad, who did this literally and figuratively for a neighbor whose son had just been killed. I can't help but admire a man like that. For though he didn't treat me as well as he should have, he did the best he could. Relating to adults was easier for him. He was just unskilled in relating to his oldest son, who biologically was not his own. Yeah, I can have compassion for a dad like that who had compassion for a grieving friend. 
I can forgive someone like him. Sure, I can do that. I should do that. I want to do that, so I will. I will forgive, and I did. Before we close, I want to thank you for listening in today. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe to You Were Made For This in either iTunes or Google Play.